tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your Daily Dose of Donna, and today is Thursday, April 27th. We are so close to the end of the week. I feel it. I am feeling it, and I'm in shorts today because it's nice here in Los Angeles, and I'm excited because today we have a very special guest. I'm going to introduce her in just a minute, but we have... uh, we have, we're so close to growing this Facebook group, Daily Dose of Donna, to a larger amount. So make sure before you even listen to this episode, just click the Facebook link below. I am someone that is not into having a Facebook group, but I love going to Facebook groups. So I'm like, I'm feeling the FOMO. I decided I need to get into the Facebook group world. So make sure to click on the Facebook group and join there. And thank you so much for all of you here on YouTube and listening on the podcast for the likes, the subscribes, the ratings, the reviews, the sharing. You guys are amazing. But today I have such a good guest. This is a guest who I've had as a guest on like every iteration of every podcast I've ever had. I think it's been like three or four podcasts. And I've been on her show a couple times and she is the queen of the Facebook group. She actually has the best reality Facebook group. Welcome, Kate Casey. I'm so excited that you're here. Well, hello, Donna. How are you, my love? I feel like we have known each other for 75 years. Definitely 75. I was thinking close to 77. We we have known each other back in my old, old life, like not my last life, my yeah. two lives ago mm-hmm. when I was in casting. And we, we've talked about this a few times on your show that I came in when you were working at a, at a studio um, on Sunset. Wondery. Yeah. Wondery. Mm-hmm. We're at Wondery. And I was like, oh, podcasting is so glamorous. <laughs> oh my god! And then you introduced me to your husband, and then I became friends with him. Lance, yeah, who was about doing a show for a hot minute. Lance and I, I were remember in that. Movie. Yeah, who I just had so, back. Tony just came back on my show because he, he directed- listened to that. Yeah, Lance listened to that episode with Tony. Oh, Tony funny. is the director of Perfect Match, and Lance worked on Perfect Match. So Lance was listening to that, and he was so into it. He was like, "That was so good." How about when Tony um, said? He didn't catch up. He didn't follow up with what the what the cast members were up to. I was like, oh, "What?" Because I was at the end. Insight. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my gosh, can you believe what happened to the show afterwards?" He's like, "No, I just go. I leave Panama. I go back to my life. I what, like what's going on. I don't know." I'm like, "What do you mean you don't follow up? Like, how do you not want to know what couple stayed together?" Because they're not. They're not. It's so Lance is the same way. Lance is not um, emotionally, mentally, anything connected to the talent or the cast. He doesn't give a crap really what happens on the show, which yeah. we're going to talk about this because, of course, it's this has something to do with our VPR conversation. But it's like it's a job. They go there, they yeah. film. 
they record, they log, they make sure that they return their camera at the end of the day and then they go home and, and, and have a beer. And it doesn't matter to him. Oh my God, they hooked up because he's not a fan of the shows. He's just, he's yeah. just doing a job. Sometimes I can kind of relate to that in one way is um, Housewives, which I I have been covering for so long because before I had a podcast, I had a popular blog where I would write recaps of Real Housewives. And That's I've how I found you. Yeah, forever. So sometimes if I watch a show or I interview someone and someone texts me afterwards, I am kind of dialed out at that point because I've moved on to a new show or a new doc. But you know, sometimes people are in the heat of a, something that's going on. Like, oh my God, I cannot believe what's going on. And I have to collect, like, you know, go back and figure out. Bring yourself back. Yeah, like, well, wait, take me back. Okay. And then I can get caught up quick. But yeah. But an example I cover, is- I really cover so much. Yeah. And then, but an example is like a show like Love is Blind, which I guess is similar to Perfect Match. The second, and when I tell you this, no, not the second, the day after the reunion disaster, you know, last week or two weeks ago, yeah. Not 24 hours later, I didn't even know anyone's name anymore. I have never moved on faster from yeah. a show than I do Love is Blind. Well, you know what's hard too is I get sent screeners. So I watch a lot of things. Like for the Netflix screeners, I'll watch them like three, sometimes four weeks ahead of time. So I want to talk about it right away and I have no one to talk to about it except for like the publicist for the show. Yeah. And then people with Love is Blind, then they started watching it in tranches. So I already, and I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody. So why would you? You're not reality, Steve. <laughs> I can't. I, I, it's like so hard because I already know that you know Zach and Bliss are going to get married, but yeah. I can't reveal anything. So I just have to kind of let somebody vent. But I don't have anybody to vent to. So that would probably, I would say, be the only hard thing. You tell your husband, and he's like, literally, Kate, you're speaking a different language. He has no idea what I'm talking about because he only watches like Yellowstone and Succession and Billions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same with Lance, but I've gotten Lance a little bit more into it because of Daily Dose. So Lance is a a guest star on this show, a recurring guest star. And I have never in my life seen a guy take this as like, I am a celebrity. He he does oh, the show in the, the YouTube comments. You girls know who you are. Are like, he's so handsome. He's so he cute. Is, he, he is, but you know, at what point do I have to not invite him back? I'm getting jealous. I want the attention. <laughs> well, remember when he would pop into like a clubhouse room? Uh, yes. Clubhouse. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The, the, the documentary that we still haven't created. Wait, so so I have a few questions about a, f- a few things before we get into it. But um, I was going to ask about like, you know, you've been doing this podcast for Reality Life with Kate Casey as the podcast mm-hmm. for how many years now? It'll be seven in September. Seven in September. Okay. So you're talking, you were one of the first podcasts out there that I remember knowing that was like a reality or entertainment podcast. It was around that serial time because that was the first podcast I listened to addictively and I was pregnant with Oliver. It was 2014, 15, around that time. So you've been doing this for so many iterations and you've seen kind of becoming one of the pioneers in that reality cast, a reality pop culture podcast world to now where we were just talking about every single housewife and their, and their housekeeper has a podcast. What are your thoughts on the fact that like, this is taken over the world, this kind of pop culture recap reality TV Mm -hmm. podcast world? Well, I, I, the interesting thing is when I went in to pitch this idea, 
I, for the, the idea of the show, which at the time was, I want to track down reality stars and to see how it changed the trajectory of their life. Like somebody who was on the real world or the bachelor and see like, how did this change your life? It was different. Yeah. So I went in and they asked me, do you think enough people watch reality TV? Because watch what crappens would review Bravo episodes. And sometimes Heather McDonald would have a reality star, but it wasn't there. There was not in existence a show that was all about reality television. So I structured the show like a talk show where I'd have an opening and I have a front end guest, like somebody who was on a show. Then I'd have somebody like you were like review a show and then I'd have a closing. And of course the show over time has kind of changed a little bit because I cover everything in the unscripted umbrella. So that's reality shows, documentaries, and docu-series. But I'm not surprised that the talent would also want to, because in the beginning of Housewives, they would have their own blogs on the Bravo TV site and people would rush the next day to find out what somebody said about what happened on the show. Um, The only thing that surprised me is that, that the network allows them to do so because for years it was so hard for me to book talent on a show like, like a Bravo show because they didn't want to give access to a podcaster and they'd make sure there was a publicist in the room. They were afraid it was going to spoil things. So the only thing that surprises me is that they allowed them because they were reticent about having someone even just interview them, let alone just tell their own story. But what doesn't surprise me is the, um, the housewives interest in telling their own story and that there's an audience interested in, Okay, what happened behind the scenes? I firmly believe that what everybody really wants to know is what happens behind the scenes of the show, especially when it comes to talent, because I often feel like what's really going on within the show are about things that happen outside of the show. And I think that Summer House is a perfect example of that. I think Danielle fighting has to do a lot with you know, Danielle was doing ads with Lindsay and now Carl's replaced her and who gets paid more for, for, for endorsement deals, who gets more opportunities to go and watch what happens live, who has more followers. So now it's sort of this weird meta thing where there are all these different layers that have to do with the show, which continues to make all of these shows more and more interesting. So the byproduct of that is now ha- them having their own podcast. It's almost like dessert for after the episode. Totally. And yeah. I think, you know, Girls Trip is is a show that the one, I mean, there's so many things that you could say about that show, positive, negative, but one of the things that I love about it is the majority of the reason that there's drama is what happened. They talk about it very openly. Well, when we were filming this and when we were on the show and during last season and during it's, they totally take down that fourth wall, which I think is really refreshing because at this point, the filming and the whole aspect around the filming and the celebrity that comes with the filming and the money you're making from the filming is part of your story. If you're a seventh season housewife, it's not like it's no longer something that we can kind of ignore. Right. So, so, okay. So yes, there's so many podcasts. Ramona, I talked about yesterday how I listened to Ramona Singer's podcast, Turtle Time with Avery Singer. I wonder what, what are your thoughts about, have you listened and do you feel like you know, this is a long, do we have a long future ahead of us for Ramona Singer? On a I listened to a little bit of it. Um, I don't know how long it will last. I feel like a lot of the housewives create podcasts and they realize it's actually quite hard. So much and work. You have to be consistent and you have to have a theme and you have to continue to provide content that's interesting. 
And I think that because they've been told by their followers and producers that they're the most interesting person that walked the earth, they assume they can just show up for an episode and talk about anything. And I think the podcast audience is a completely different audience. They want really authentic, interesting uh, information and content. They want homework. They want a reason to come back. And you can't just like kind of show up and talk nonsense. Also, it's funny because one time I had lunch with a uh, reality TV producer for Housewives and he said, the problem with the Housewives is that they think that they can exist successfully on a television show outside of an ensemble, that they're that interesting. And the truth is they only work on television in the, in the space of an ensemble. They're like a super freak weirdo that works well in an ensemble with people that are of, you know, of their same ilk. Right. But you take them out of that and they're not really that interesting. But there's some people that really, I think I would watch. And I ta- I've talked about this a couple of times this week that I would watch like in a shoebox, like doing nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, Teresa to me is so watchable. I just want to watch her like live. I don't know why. <laughs> doesn't mean that you like or don't like or agree or don't agree. She's just so interesting, like from a human perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Vicky, Ramona, like it's usually the ones that are so out there. I always find yeah, so yeah. watchable. I, Dodd. I always say that we're essentially all cultural anthropologists. That's what yeah. we are. So yeah. we're, all, we're all just studying their behavior. What really I find more interesting are the ancillary people in their lives. So like Avery around Ramona is more interesting to me because I feel like Avery helps reveal many more facets of her personality. I want to know who the husbands are, who their best friends are, who they work with, who they go out for a morning walk with. All those people are really important for me to see beyond just the housewives. So if I, if it's just their solitary story all the time, I get quite bored. Um, That's why I think housewives is so great. And so many of the, especially the franchises that are more suburban, you need all of their, uh, you need their kids, for example. You know so much more about how a housewife is a mother based on the conversations and interactions they have with their kids. Like Vicky, yeah. to me alone, is incredibly boring and narrow and very um, sort of linear. Like, but then yeah. you add in Brianna and her complaining about her and then her son making fun of her and then Don walking through the door with the Hawaiian shirt. And then suddenly they're far more interesting and multi-layered. And I also think when you have an ensemble show like that, there are pieces of each housewife that remind you of yourself or your friend group or your mother or your aunt. And that's why we continue to go back. And I also think Housewives has been an essential show because prior to Housewives, there really was no space for a woman, certainly a mother or a working mother over the age of 35. And I think it's done a fantastic job in highlighting their personal stories. Yeah. Which is really important. Yeah. I love that. And it's, it really, you're, you, you touched on something so important is this like relatability factor. And that's why we, you know, are attracted to certain podcasts or books or uh, characters on TV shows. It's when we see ourselves in them. Yeah, And I think with the housewives, it's like, there's a little bit of us in all of them. I remember in that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season last, last season when um, everyone was just going in on Sutton at, uh, in Mammoth at Kyle's house or something along those lines. And when I tell you, I had such a visceral reaction to that show and I wasn't even doing Daily Dose at the time. So I didn't have that like outlet to talk about it. Yeah. I was so upset 
because I remember it's like it took me back to being the girl that gets bullied by all her girlfriends and no one says anything and you're sitting in that room. So like it's it's so interesting what you just said. I totally agree. I love that. So, you know, as much as I could go into the history of the housewives and do like a whole deep dive, we have a very important job to do today yeah. because people yeah. are people are waiting. You know, no one talks <laughs> about VPR. No one talks about Vanderpump Rules. It's one of those shows that no one's mentioning. Oh, no. And it's, uh, yeah. yeah. People are like Tom Sanda, Sanda who? Like it right. is, um, no, I am joking. Vanderpump Rules has become a part of our daily lives ever since, you know, this whole thing has broke. I personally went through a period of massive deep dive obsession for a few weeks. Like I couldn't get enough. I was on TikTok every mm-hmm. second. I wanted all the juice. Now, here we are. We're about, I think, three episodes out from the reunion. I could be wrong, but I think it's around three. How are we feeling after last night's beach episode, which we will talk about? How are we mm-hmm. feeling like in terms of a level of I want to, you know, cut off my head and jump into a river if I have to hear from Scandaval or anything about that? Or are we still thirsty and dying to talk about it? How do you feel? I think that, number one, I over the course of seven years, that show always surprises me who comes up to me and says that they watch it. Mm-hmm. I think that show hits all the marks and that's why people love it so much. Men love that show because it reminded them, certainly in the early years, of like who they were in their 20s when... You yes. could show up at a job at 10 a.m. where it's like vicariously through them. Now I think the show has kind of shifted that it reminds people of the, the toxic people they knew in their 20s and 30s who are complete hypocrites who sleep around. In a normal friend group, you might have like one friend who like has an affair. In this show, everyone's having an affair. So it's almost like the, the modern version of like Peyton Place. And I think that that's why people love it so much. And because everyone is a hypocrite, there's reason to hate, but also love every single person on the show. I think that people are still watching because the same people who watch reality television shows watch true crime documentaries. It's the same kind of person. I know that for a fact. Yeah, so now so I think we're into this this section of the, the, the experience, if it's in stages, we're in the true crime, Zapruder film experience where we're going through every segment of the show to figure out like when this timeline was, who was lying, who was complicit. We want to know when Schwartz knew. We want to know um, when each person was brought into the friend group. And we certainly want to know what is going on with Raquel. I think for that segment of the the, the portion of the show is like her um, psychological profile. Like it's- how can somebody... Uh, show up to a show, well, seemingly like purposely wanted to be on the show and then get involved in so many men, so many men that were obviously taken, how she was able to conduct this relationship um, under the guise of being friend, best friends with Sheena and Ariana or Ariana. Um, So I think that it's like, it's like sensory overload in some ways, because it's like satiating all those unscripted television desires that we all have. Um, I really think also for me as a cultural anthropologist like you, I always think that what's interesting about Raquel is that we can't forget that she was in pageants. Mm. So I feel like a lot of the decision-making process is about her winning. 
She wants to win in this show. She wants to be the number one person. She wants to be the pageant winner. It's just a, it's like, it's instead of a pageant on a stage, it's on a television show. So, but is she trying to win in, in which way being liked? That's the goal. It's many, it's, she wants to be liked by all the cast members and she ultimately wants to be the most famous beloved person on the show. And look what has happened. Like, it's so crazy. She's getting bad information from like a pageant coach. You know, pageant coaches on like Honey Boo Boo were like, girl, this is what you need to do. It's like, she's listening to (laughs) someone's terrible advice. But oh my God. I think that women that perform in pageants at that age, and it's not like Miss America. It's like off the beaten path. It's like, you know, Miss Banana Boat. Isn't it Miss California? Am I crazy? Isn't it Miss California? I don't even think so. Maybe it's like Miss California Indio Desert. But I mean, <laughs> who's doing that? Do you know any women in their, like who are 28? They're like, I got, I can't be around this week and I'm doing a pageant. You'd be like, what? Especially Loser. one that's already on a reality show that already gets like sponsored, you know, brand mm-hmm. posts. Like it, it's not, yeah. you're not doing it for the fame or for the celebrity. You're already on a Bravo show. It's weird. You're right. It is a little yeah. weird. But it's also, I mean, I could probably go into like, details of what kind of person wants to be an actor, wants to be on stage, wants to be on a pageant, but it's all, you know, look at me, look at me. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And Raquel is that, that person who is, it's clear who just, and I'm not saying this as like a fault on her or not a fault on her, but this is just an observation that she is like a dog with peanut butter, you know, like we'll go wherever she will get the reward. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means like stomping over other dogs or biting someone in the way, but you, like she's one track mind, like find exactly what you said, like find the the reward, the gold medal, the trophy at the end. And so that sometimes comes in the form of Sandoval telling her she's hot or, Mm -hmm. you know, a girlfriend telling her she's amazing or whatever. So yeah, like what normal person would want to befriend their ex-fiance's girlfriend? Her she wants to be Allie. Oh, Allie. Mm-hmm. You mean Who in the beach episode yesterday? She's she like she wants to be loved by everyone. She wants to be on top. The other thing that's interesting. Well, so, okay. Too, yeah. Wait. Go ahead. I'm just gonna say that um, it's like Ariana and Tom are fascinating to me too because I feel like he's been squelching her personality and her dreams forever. Like she wants to do the cocktail book, and then he has to like you know squeeze his way in. Yeah. And even with singing, like he has this cover band, it turns out she's a far better singer than he is. Did you see that there's an she article? Me, like she in the end is going to be so much more famous and oh. beloved and successful than him. And I think that resonates with a lot of people too. Like there's someone in the couple that's like squelching, like pushing someone down and that she's going to be far more successful and famous and it's going to drive him insane. I mean, Sandoval, Scandoval, this whole situation was the best thing for her. She's going to the White House dinner. She has a new boy toy that we see, this like, you know, personal trainer, hot body type guy. She's living her life right now. She's getting all the brand deals. She's getting all the the shows and Dancing with the Stars, which Lance is going to work on. Hello. So yeah. I can't wait to see all of that go down. But let's get like, let's just get into a couple things about yesterday's episode. I think what you mentioned about the true crime of it all is really important. I couldn't think of it, but yesterday I just like immediately, you know, was trying to picture why we're so obsessed with watching these episodes. And I thought of the show Lost and it's like every episode is a flashback, but we know what's going to happen. Like we know that when they get on that plane, it's crashing. 
but we're still watching like, how did we get to this plane? So um, I saw a tweet today um, from, or someone I think commented on our Facebook group or something. Um, Lisa, she says, this is like real life Scooby-Doo. Schwartz is Shaggy. James is Fred Jones. Lala is Daphne. Sheena is Velma. And of course, Schwartz is Scooby-Doo. Oh, no, Schwartz is, is super, yeah, exactly. Super modern uh, uh, example. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but I think it's so funny, this idea of, of, you know, what are we watching? What are we watching play out? And yesterday actually got to the point where I started to say, you know, I want to do like a Vanessa Lachey uh -huh moment because it was so, I feel like we're watching an episode of Arrested Development. That's what I, that's what I feel like it is. I feel like we're watching some sort of a unfolding fake scripted, unscripted mockumentary something is afoot. Okay. So let's just a couple of things that I want to talk about. Let's talk about when you said Raquel went over to Allie, right? And we've had Raquel and Allie speak a few different times and Allie is coming out as the hero on the show, right? Everyone loves Allie. I don't think anyone has an issue with Allie yet on the show, but Allie, the conversation that Raquel had with Allie, you're going to learn your lessons in time. She okay. But also Allie. James picked two women that are so airy and soft like Raquel like the table spinning around her and she's like what the fact that Allie is studying to be an astrologist is so absolutely hilarious and perfect LA is it not that I saw Allie in West Hollywood a couple weeks ago and with like her mom or her grandma she seemed so normal and so sweet but that actually in LA with that story be like yeah that's normal right like highlighters like she's got all the highlighters yeah, that's why that show also is so funny because it's like telling the story of the people that live there and only in LA would that just be a totally normal story. I love that show and I wish that it kind of got back to more of those early days where you where you hear more about the grind, people that are waiting tables but also auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and the, and, and the and the ramifications of being rejected all the time. I wish we could still see some of that. I mean, clearly they're going to get rejection in other ways and endorsement deals or whatever. I wish we saw a little bit more of that because that what's what is makes what makes that show so different than like Southern Charm. Yeah, yeah, we don't see really the struggle other than the personal struggle, the relationship struggles. Yeah, I want to see more of the struggle. Yeah, I mean, I guess we kind of did with Sandoval a little bit on this season about, you know, the struggle of the financial around the restaurant and, like, what they're going through there. So we're seeing – like, they're just at a different level. They're not auditioning, right? But I guess I with the Alley and the Charlie and stuff, we're not seeing a lot of that. What about – what about – um Obviously, you know, without recapping moment by moment, yesterday's beach episode was the hottest mess express you've ever seen. Like something was going on. Something was in the water. All the drama at the beach, then all the drama back at the bar that they went to. I got reamed on my YouTube channel Hi. the other day for mentioning Satchel and mentioning that Satchel looked like um, – well, I got a lot of those comments, but I didn't say that. But that's a great – like, he would play him in a biopic, right? Like, he's the younger yeah, version. Weird Al Yankovic is hilarious. Uh, like, that's like – it's such a win, right? Yeah. But he – no, I said he looks like Josh Groban and Timothy Chalamet. Um, yeah. More Josh Groban, I'd say. But what are we thinking about this whole – like, Satchel doesn't say a word, right? We don't hear yeah. Satchel talk the entire time. But he's showing up to the beach – him and the Don, the Don, 
Who is the Don? It's the guy from Lake Havasu, right? The Don was wearing socks on the beach. So was Satchel. Both of them. You know, Satchel, if you're if you're someone like Satchel and you walk into this scene, it's all people on a reality show. You're dating this girl that you're clearly into and um, obsessed with, can't get his hands off her. How could you put in a word in edgewise? And I kind of love that for her, that he's just sitting there and he's caressing her because, you know, she hasn't had that in like 12 years. I would be so annoyed. But also she's like such a strong personality. It's interesting that she had Schwartz to begin with because he's just so kind of like doe-eyed. Yeah. I remember interviewing her a long time ago or before I interviewed, I saw her at Wondery and I said, after interviewing him, I totally get why you married him. He's so charming and sweet. You loved but him. Said, but I totally get it why you're annoyed. Because it's like he you, you need somebody to pull the balloon strings down. Like he can't just like land the plane sometimes. So it just surprises me that she would pick someone like Satchel because I think there are aspects of him that do remind me the softness of Schwartz. I guess I assumed that she would pick somebody who was like, financial service or something like super alpha. But that's kind of the fun part though, after you get a divorce is that, I mean, I have said before, the horniest women in the world are women that are ovulating and newly divorced. I'm sure. So I think that actual story is going to be really fun to watch are all the people that she dates after Schwartz. And like, is that theme going to be the same that they're all kind of soft or will she mix it up a little bit? I kind of feel will like get, she needs to get- somebody who's a little bit more alpha. Yeah, but I, there's no I love that, 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 that guy is like so into her and caressing her and touch. I okay, but her, like I'm just gonna funny you guys... he was sitting there because it, he's not on the show and he just comes in there and you see somebody throwing a drink and yelling. What are you gonna do? Okay, but but I'm I'm just gonna speak from like there is no way that she wanted to be caressed, touched, rubbed on she when she did. was like. When she I was going, when she was fighting, she was in the middle of an argument, because yelling back and forth. Sitting across the table from her, and she wants to go. This is what a real man does. He touches his woman. She's and already. Do you think in that work. moment? Do you think in that moment Schwartz was looking at Katie? No, because I think he's saying, probably asexual. I don't think he really cares about sex. I think he cares about making out, but not sex. So that's her mistake. Is that it's not. But she wants him to say, "This is what I wanted, and you could not give it to me." But I don't think he cares. It's just not landing for me. Like there's not one moment that I would think looking at them from the outside. And it's not just a physical thing. It's just energy. It's vibe. Because I know a lot of people are like, don't be mean about people's looks. It's not about his physicality. Although it's not my type. He's not my type. Schwartz is not my type either. But Schwartz is a cuter face in my opinion. But I think that, you know, it just felt, it just feels off. You feel, it doesn't feel like it's, uh, it matches. I think he's a lot younger. I think he's small. Like, it's just not for me. She's just trying to like post-divorce, make out with a bunch of people. She's really not going to marry the guy. No, I don't even think they're together anymore. She wants, she should do it. Do it all. Date every kind of guy. That's your all job. The thing. You do. All the thing. Just like Lala, who just wants sex all the time, and she talks about it. Now, let's talk really well, fast I, about the scene. I bet she never had sex with Randall. She's I'm sure. so eager to have sex, and I say go for it. Yeah, no, definitely. But she had talked about in the scene before when she and James had, you know, drinks at this bar, and they were talking about, like, let's make a plan to go to the beach tomorrow whatever. Am I insane to think that James and Lala are in love with each other and they should just be together? Like, is there, I've never seen them happier than when they're sitting together. 
They I love they each have, other. Yeah, I think that they have great chemistry, but I think I think she knows secrets about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to, I think to her, she always sees him as like a little bit more keeps, of an immature. I think she keeps his secrets, and for that, that's why their friendship is great. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder. I wonder how Allie feels about their like really strong friendship. I wonder I if that's like a relationship I don't really get. I feel like I don't see any chemistry between those two. Allie and James? Yeah, no. The only heated moment I saw is when she stood up for herself because he was mad at her because he thought he got tequila in his eye. And she was like, shut up. No one cares. I, I thought, I want to see more of that because otherwise she's just so meek in these scenes and it just seems like her energy doesn't match with everybody else on the show. Like, I it like just her. I think like that she's a very difficult space to be in and she's not fiery at all. She's sort of like blank. But neither was Raquel. Like Raquel was the opposite of fiery. She annoyed me for the same reasons. I've never found her entertaining. I have never liked Raquel. As a a viewer, I have never, like three months ago before Scandal, I had a whole episode where I was like, I don't understand. If you put me in a room with Raquel, I can talk to a tree. I can make conversation with a branch. She's a but like I don't think I could do it with her. I could do it with everything but her. It's so hard for me to understand. But now I see that there's sides of her that are coming out this season that I think make her a little bit more personable. But before this season, like what in the world? And you know, Ali, remember that report that when Sheena found out about the affair, the way that she just told her, she was like, "Oh, sorry, I'm just talking to Ariana." She just found out he's been having an affair with Sandoval for seven months. That's weird. That's weird. But there's so much weird about it. Everything is weird. I really do believe there is some sort of, I mean, she even said that like she has, she's on the spectrum or something. Like there is, because didn't she say that? She was like, yeah, now I understand what it's like to, you know, she like um, related to someone who came out as having autism. came out about their autism. I don't know. What yeah, it was is. a celebrity wife. I can't remember. She's like a pageant also. Like, I don't remember who it was. Well, maybe but, that's um, why, but maybe that was like an ulterior move. I don't know. There's a disconnect there for sure. Yeah. 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 So, so, um, you have to be disconnected if you're willing to have an affair with your best friend's husband already. There's something really weird about you. You have to literally, I mean, it's, it's, and to, to know, and I'm curious, I'm actually really curious, like, were they feeling guilt in the time? Because as we see in this interview or in this episode, we see multiple times people are starting to now question things. Why were you together? Why are you guys kind of like, why do you always have her back? Why do you ride for Raquel for everything? And Tom's reaction is very awkward and strange. And in that interview, when he straight up got asked by the producer, have you ever had a physical uh, interaction? And Mm -hmm. Tom said, no, (laughs) no, it's like what I, nothing more than me and Katie, which is so awkward to say anyway, like of all people, he picked the person that he hates. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was so clearly a lie. Were they feeling guilty? Do you actually feel there was a moment she, of guilt? I don't think she feels guilty at all. No, I agree. I don't think yeah. she feels guilty at all. I think he felt guilty, which is why he did the sperm. Mm. I think he was trying, you know. I feel I like he's always plotting what's going to be good for the TV show. I think Raquel's totally just dis, dis, detached from reality. Uh, I think he is always thinking of like, how am I going to look great on TV? I don't think it's really, he feels bad for Ariana. I think he's always like, what storyline is going to make me become the number one guy in the group? 
I mean, and he's done that in every single season. He's always tried to be like the stand-up friend, the guy that stands for good values and this and that. Yeah, which is why, which is why this is probably murdering him is that he's walking around as like (laughs) I don't know though I feel like he keeps doing these backward videos I think he's like I'm more famous than I've ever been this is amazing I don't think he cares that people go to his shows his like cover band shows and scream at him I don't think he cares are people still really going to the show like really going to the show or is it like 12 people I think they do they go to Schwartz and Sandy I think it's just like uh, a funny story to tell it's the same as people going to Luann's Cabaret it's like, oh yeah. my God, we're gonna go. We just have to go and see what this shit show is. Yeah, it's so true. Okay, let's talk about like this, this idea of, you know, the real deal situation here, which is the fact that this could not have played out any better for Vanderpump Rules. Obviously, it's become mm-hmm. a pop culture obsession. This will go down in history books as like a huge moment in pop culture is the scandal because I think it, the second it hit CNN, right? Like we're all talking about it. So- do you believe, I mean, I'm imagining your answer will be yes, that producers knew that this was going on behind the scenes. I think that they know them all so well that they may have thought he's sleeping around. I don't think that they thought Raquel would be that brazen. So I think they were finding out just around the same time. And I think that that's why the show actually is really fun to watch because I think everyone's kind of finding out in there at the same time. I think if the producers knew way too far in advance that it actually felt disjointed on the show. I also believe that even if producers knew, it's not necessarily that they would want to spill or ruin it. They were probably trying to maybe pull things Mm -hmm. out and trying to get, you know, people to maybe mention like the, the, for example, the Abby at 1 a.m., that could have just been a passing comment between Allie and James, like we would have said, and no one would have taken that further. But the fact that she then went and talked to Sheena about it, the producers probably said, maybe you should go and talk to Sheena and like bring it to her, you know? They kind of almost saw it as, and maybe at that point they were like, there is some truth to this. We've heard rumors. We've seen Mexico. We know what's going on because in Mexico, clearly they were together and hooking Yeah, up. I mean, and you live with Lance. You've been privy to this stuff too, is that you follow the story, but you don't want to push it too much because if you push too much, the story feels inauthentic. So even or if it they, goes away. I, yeah. I mean, they work so hard not to, like to protect what happens in the episodes and most certainly what happens in the reunions. They're actually battling against talent all the time. Like shut up, make this a fun experience for the, for the viewer. For the viewers. So they wouldn't want to push it too much if they but- knew. But do you think the fact that this came out the way it did, so clearly, okay, I believe, even though Andy Cohen has mentioned that no episodes have been re-edited, there's absolutely no way in God's hell, history, anything, whatever, that these shows have not been re-edited. Maybe that first episode had not been re-edited, but these have. They have to have. I don't agree because I interviewed Lala last year and it was the day before filming started the filming. My one friend was actually going to be on the show. He's a psychic. He was supposed to be in an episode actually. Okay. And they only filmed for not a long time. I'm going to say like seven weeks. Like it wasn't very long. All of that, this stuff that you're watching was filmed about a year ago. Yeah. It was so last August. They August, could July, maybe, September. In, maybe I would think like maybe the, 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 when they went to get the bagels, in the last episode, maybe that could be like an added scene. But I don't believe that, 
no, I don't believe that these are pickup shots. I believe they had all this footage, but I believe that they re-edited what they had because I Oh, you mean you went back and redid the episodes? Yes. Yeah, probably. Because I don't believe that we would ever spend so much time on the fertilizing the eggs with Ariana, on the conversations around that. Like, it doesn't really track or like no one would really care that Ariana wants to fertilize eggs and not have a baby. That's not like interesting. It's actually well, I not. I can tell you that they have been working so hard because I'm friends with one of the producers and I asked him to come back on the show. And he said, I am so slammed until reunion. So that was like um, three weeks ago. Yeah. They were like working overtime. Yeah. No question. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they did take and get new footage that we haven't seen yet for the final episodes. Yeah. One so or two episodes. That's- yeah, that's the aftermath is then then they have to do the extra episodes because there was only supposed to be a certain amount of episodes and then they added. I mean, yeah. I'm sure lots of people would watch the show every day of the week or you know, not every day of the week, but every week for the rest of time. Yeah, it, I mean, the show is like you could binge five episodes in one day. For sure. And the show is clearly now speaking and going towards this Raquel Tom narrative as we see in this pre- preview for next week when Ken, Mr. I mean, this when I saw this, I saw this little, you know, preview. There's a scene just for anyone that's listening that hasn't seen this, where Ken walks into Lisa's, uh, their kitchen, and Katie's there, and she's obviously making sandwiches, probably something about her options or whatever for Lisa. And Ken walks in like like a bumbling Ken, you know, yeah. he, like Ozzy Osbourne. Like literally, he he has no idea what he's doing. It really was an Ozzy Osbourne, like the Osbourne show moment where he walks in and Sharon's there. And, you know, he's walking. He's like, uh, did you, can you believe that Tom Sandoval had Raquel over in his jacuzzi and had her spend the night? Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, he, you know, he has no idea who Raquel is. I know. <laughs> I know. But sometimes it's funny because sometimes you need a lot older people to walk in and go, Hey, dumbasses. Yeah. yeah like, hey, this is weird. Also this friend group, that's another thing that drives people crazy watching. You're like, you didn't notice that they were both wearing lightning bolt jewelry. You didn't notice like they hang out all the time, but they always make excuses for each other because it's almost like arrested development. Everybody who's watching the show has like a real job. They have to be at work in the morning. They're not out at the Abbey at 1.30. Everybody hangs out. Everyone's wearing roller skates. Everyone's in the pool. They're drinking. They're doing shots. And I think that that's the other fun part of watching the show is like, what do you mean you didn't see this coming? Like, what? Wait, um, but you also can't tell me when you see a preview for next week and Lala's talking to, I believe... James, I can't remember what the preview was, but Lala's like, yeah, something about like, now people are saying that Tom Sandoval, I think Tom Sandoval has a crush on Raquel. We're talking about it. We obviously, when there's smoke, there's fire. How can you then say you're blindsided? Yeah. Who, how can Sheena be so blindsided where she feels the need to push Raquel and throw her phone? Are they this, like, this was months ago. I know, but that's why I think people love it because they're like, I can't believe how dumb they all are and were they scared to tell ariana based on the information that we've been given because we're all outsiders it just seems like this is so obvious and if this happened to our own friend group we'd be like okay those two went on a trip by themselves like why did how did you how did you not see this they're having they have matching tattoos hello you know it's kind of like are, are they missing something but i just think they're all in their own worlds it's like these reality show participants are all living in their own world. So of course they're not going to notice that if it doesn't involve them, they don't care. 
But what was Ariana thinking here? This is what I think she was just checked out. I think she was emotionally just checked out and probably represents a lot of women that are like, I like, I bet you if I interviewed her, I'd get out of her that she wanted long before to break it off, but didn't know how to do because they're on this television show together. They own a house together. They're a a brand, as he said. Which is so stupid. But I think a lot of women, that story resonates where you're like, well, all of, we share the same friends. We have these like financial things that are, you know, this responsibility. Like, is it going to be a lot harder for me to meet somebody else? In his mind, because he's so sick, he said, we have a brand. I think for Ariana, it is, how much is this going to be difficult to find somebody else? This, I'm like, I've, frozen my eggs. I don't even know if I want to become a mom. What if I meet somebody and they want kids right away? This is going to be a whole thing up a hill again. And is it worth it? That's the difference between Ariana and Tom, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard for me to watch without feeling like the dark feel like it, it, it kind of almost, the show kind of depresses me now. Whereas I used to like really love it and look forward to it and I love talking about it, but watching the actual show and seeing yesterday how just everyone was fighting, right? Like Tom and Lala were going at it, James and Schwartz, I mean, yeah, Schwartz and Lala, James and Schwartz, Allie and James, Raquel and Tom, I mean, Katie and Tom, it was like, it's almost like, ugh, like it just is so tough. At the same time, I like the lesson that's in it, which, you know, I feel like- don't, Don't have sex with your best friend's boyfriend? No, well, beyond that, it's like for Ariana is that I sometimes think the universe makes you, pushes you all the way to the edge of the cliff for you to see you need to pivot. Mm. And I think that she was at a place where she was like, I suspect she would say, I felt like this is, this is probably it. Like, this is the path I'm on. I'll probably be with him for the rest of my life. And now because of it, sometimes the most painful experiences are just pushing you into a new direction. Like, I think her life will be exponentially better. I think she's going to be the best version of herself. And I think that that's just a great reminder to other women that are feeling themselves in the same place. Like as as painful as this is right now, I'm going to be so much better off in about a year from now. And I also like how all those women have rallied to support her because that's actually, it reminds me of, it's the women friends that stand up and support you. Yeah, it reminds me of that episode of Real Houses of Miami when Lisa Hochstein is sitting yep, there and she said, thing. I'm getting a divorce, like he's cheating on me. And the way that even her biggest enemies were like, what? I'm going to kick yeah. his ass. Like there, I mean, that is everything. And that you have to be, and I hate to say this because this is like such a, you know, cliche word, but you have to be a girl's girl in this situation. Because if something like this ever happens to you, you need your women friend. Men are not going to be there for no. you, right? They're running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's so interesting. I agree with you on Ariana. There was a clip that just got released today um, on page six of her singing karaoke in Scotland. For singer. Yeah. She, she, she was in uh, Scotland for this wedding looking fun- phenomenal and some like, you know, fan or whatever in the audience filmed her and she's singing Hand in My Pocket by, um, by uh, Morissette, Alanis Morissette. So she's singing, you know, Everything's going to be fine, fine, fine. Like, I don't know where I'm going right now, but I'm going to figure it out. It's le- it's literally a beautiful story for Ariana at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, you know, Andy Cohen should just do a one-on-one with her after the reunion. Yeah, I mean, I think they have that pl- – that, that is happening in the reunion. He did a one-on-one with 
um, Raquel and then with Tom and then with Ariana. But it would be interesting to see like Ariana's takeoff. Now we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see, we'll watch what happens, you know, to see what's I'll going on. But she can come to my show. I'll take care of her. I'll do a great interview with her. Oh my gosh. You would treat her amazingly. No, I'm not worried for her for a second. I think she's going to be great. And maybe she'll have a baby. Watch. Maybe she'll meet a man and be like, no, you're the guy that I've been wanting with my whole life. Cause it's weird that you do the eggs and want them fertilized and everything if you don't have an interest in having child. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to end up, but it's going to be very interesting. And I think a lot of women are going to relate to that story too of like, maybe in the rear view window, you go, maybe I was reticent because I knew in my heart that it was not the right guy. It wasn't the one, you know, she may have a completely different perspective once she meets somebody that she really feels is a better representation of the person she's always wanted to be with. Yeah. It's a story as old as time. Kate, you're amazing. Thank you so much you. for sharing this hour with us. It was, it was a, it's always good talking about Vanderpump, but it's always good talking with you because you bring like a, you're kind of more high bar. <laughs> like you're a smart person. And you know, sometimes I get just caught up in like the drama and the gossip. So it's fun kind of I having think- that conversation. I think that what I love about reality television is that I think it really helps you kind of rethink how you look at your friendships, the people in your orbit. It's, Mm. it's much easier to look at somebody on reality television than it is to look at your friend who's like really pissing you off. And sometimes when you look at someone and then you look at their story in totality, you have a more uh, sensitivity to the people in your own life. It makes you rethink of like, your the own lens through which that you look at your own life. I think some reality shows have done a tremendous job opening people's eyes to different cultures. For example, Shahs of Sunset. I always use the an example of the episode when they went to Turkey. They couldn't go to Iran, but they went to Turkey and they all stood at the, the border and they were weeping for their relatives and talking about the sacrifices that their relatives made by coming to America. For many people who watch that show, they never met anybody who was Persian. And they certainly Mm -hmm. didn't understand the factors that went into the Iranian revolution. And that reality show, which people laugh at, like, oh, reality show so stupid. That was enormously educational for so many people. And then suddenly, if you're in a pocket of the world and you've never seen anybody from Iran or understood their culture, they feel like a friend of yours. And suddenly Mm -hmm. you're interested in like, Nauru's or the Persian New Year. Or what. And so that's pretty unbelievable. And I think that for those of us that are in that space and get to be participants, whether it's you're a cameraman or in my case, interviewing the people and helping tell their stories, it's a really magical thing that we all have access to. So if anybody is listening to this and they feel bad because someone in their life goes, I can't believe you watch those stupid reality shows. I think the most interesting most educated, the most successful people enjoy reality shows because it really is a mirror of who we all are. Well said. Well said. Remove the guilt. Remove, Remove the, the guilt, guilt of watching that and yeah. and and just accept it as like this is a time in our in our world and our life where we get to learn about so many other people. I love it. I've grown anthropologists. We're all cultural. there we go. That's so yeah. true. That's so true. And we're like seeing- weirdos like eating, you know, food and like guzzling wine or whatever. We're well, all, I'm doing that sometimes. I mean, but 
we're called, look at yourself as a cultural anthropologist. And by the and way, now it's I, a, I do have that must watch list that everybody can get on Mondays. Oh, that's right. right. So I was going to say, so, so Kate has a podcast. How often do you release? Four times a week. Okay. okay. Well, so lately, you're it's, lately it's been five though, because I do special episodes Saturday about my personal story, but Monday, Tuesday, really cool. Thursday, and Fridays. So yeah. it's reality life with Kate Casey. I was just telling her she doesn't really check, but she's always charting in the top uh, podcast for TV and film. She was just recently listed on Yahoo's list of top six podcasts that you have to uh, listen to if you're interested in like uh, TV recaps, reality TV recaps, which is a big deal because there's so many of them out there. Um, she has a Facebook group, Reality Life with Kate Casey, which is like where I go to get all my dirt and where I go to talk crap on a lot of reality stars. Um, and uh, and obviously you're at Kate Casey on Instagram, yeah? Kate Casey CA, uh, Twitter, Kate Casey, and TikTok, it's Kate Casey. And then you can get that must watch list every Monday by going to katecasey.substack.com. And if you sign up every Monday, I give you a list of what to watch each week. And that includes reality shows, documentaries, and docu-series. I have something in every genre for everybody. And it's a great guide. And lots of people say to me, I could never find something to watch with my husband or my kids or my friend or whatever. And I give you lots. I give you lots of homework. Yeah, it's actually, it's so true. Like if you're ever in that documentary mode and you're trying to think of something really good to watch and nothing looks good, she's got such a good, like informative list. I always, I always hit it up. And I usually know if you're talking about a certain or a new reality show, I'm like, "Ah, I'm going to give it a shot. If she likes it, I'm going to watch it. You know what's good, by the way, next week, you know what's good? What? Um, Menendez and Menudo. And it's on Peacock. Is it about this new story? Well, I talked about last year, I interviewed the director of the HBO documentary on Menudo. And then I also interviewed a former member. And this was last year. And I said, you know, the Menudo's manager um, was, uh, the, the band was represented by Jose Menendez, father of the Menendez brothers. And what you're telling me in this documentary is that the manager of Menudo was essentially molesting or sex trafficking all these boys and they're repped by Jose Menendez. And those, boy, those boys, those sons, said in court proceedings that their father had long molested them. People didn't believe them. So I asked one of the former members, Ash Ruiz, did you hear this too? And this was last year. And he said the rumor was that they were pimped out, the members, for Jose Menendez. Hmm. So I think we all should think about that now and relook at that Menendez case. I mean, clearly they, they murdered their parents. Yeah, it doesn't relieve the there. murder, but it gives you a little more context. Context, a little bit more understanding. Shit, that, that's a lot. That is a lot. Um, and so the, 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 the main member of the band, because Menudo was like housewives. They would just circle the yeah. band members out. But the one just, Ricky Martin's the most successful, obviously, but the one that was just underneath that, he is throughout this docuseries and he talks about the... Um, the horrific experiences that he had. I just think everybody should watch. It's a, it's a cautionary tale also, as you would know, about children that are put into the entertainment industry. Oh my God. I, we have to have, I have to have an episode that like really goes deep into that, but there's yeah. so much, there's so much that you have to be careful about. I know there's a YouTube mom that's now one of actually I, my former, um, there's a story that, that a YouTube mom, uh, it, of a group, she had a daughter. She has a daughter, and then and there's my like kids a group. Should watch that. My kids used to watch that. Her, her YouTube. The Piper Girl. Yeah. 
Okay, so my this, oldest daughter was like obsessed with her. She was like, yeah, oh my so God, this girl Piper Raquel had this huge or has this huge YouTube following. And it was a group of this like this group of women, I mean, boys and girls, 15, 14 year old kids um, who were on all these skits with each other and shows and whatever for years. And now 13 of them or whatever are suing this mom for this inappropriate behavior. I'm not going to get into it here. But what's mm -hmm. crazy is that one of the kids um, who's suing and his mom were former clients of mine when I worked oh, wow. as a coach and they would come over, his name is Connor, and and they would come over to my house weekly because the mom and the son would, you know, coach with me. And the mom, when I tell you, she's so amazing and so sweet. And the older brother had died in a car accident. And they're just oh, such no. loving, amazing people that came from like Oklahoma or Tennessee and wanted to- I can't. Um, okay. So we'll, <laughs> that's another episode, yeah. but thank you so much, Kate. You're awesome. I appreciate it. You guys go check out Kate Casey's podcast, follow her everywhere and, um, join her Facebook group and share, share the word about this show and about Kate show. And I appreciate you guys. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.